Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents. Here at the Osteum Network, we pride ourselves on having the most advanced technology 100% of the time even when it comes to quantum computing. A lot of teraflops need to be computed daily, which means terawatts of energy and electricity. But we are on the eve of the 22nd century, and we only have one planet to call home for the Ostium Network, so we want to make sure we're getting all our power from renewable sources. That's why we use Arcadia Power. It's a free way to support clean energy while saving money on your power bills. And with the amount of energy we use, the Ostium Network is saving a lot of money, let me tell you. So why not join us? Become one of us. Head on over to ArcadiaPower.com slash Ostium dash podcast. It takes two minutes to sign up, and Arcadia Power will even help you find ways to save on your power bills. Plus, you get to pick if you want to go all solar or wind power. They even have graphs and shit to show how much you're saving and how much you're helping the planet. That's ArcadiaPower.com slash Ostium dash podcast. And just for signing up today, you'll get a $25 bill credit. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to ArcadiaPower.com slash Ostium dash podcast and sign up now for clean, beautiful power and consider yourself an honorary member of the Ostium Network. Please note this does not mean you are actually part of the Ostium Network and the Ostium Network is not required to provide any support, financial or otherwise. Have a nice day. believe we're here, the Rock of Gibraltar, one of the pillars of Hercules, the gateway to the Atlantic, the doorway to the Mediterranean. And speaking of doorway, I turn around looking behind me to see if there's anything, but there's no indication of the rip or rift I created, what I made that was somehow able to get us from that place in Fort Bragg to here. I'm still not sure exactly how I did uh, all of that. I was so goddamn scared at the end there, with that lady, 
that thing coming for us. I don't know what it would have done to us, but I've got an idea of what it's capable of. Yeah, you remember the bodies? The state of the bodies in that house in Fort Bragg where we found them that first time? Life-destroying. Soul-destroying. I'm never going to get over it, and even if I wanted to, I could never forget it. Yeah, two words. Photographic memory. And that's the only time I'm going to mention it, in this recording at least. Hey, it's a new place, a new world. So it's like I have a clean slate, a tabula rasa, if you will, to wax poetic on my photographic memory. Eidetic? Isn't that another way to say it? And now Dave's giving me one of his, um, what would he call it? Bloody pissed off looks? Oh good, now he's smirking. Must have said the right thing. So where shall we start, I ask. He pauses for a number of seconds, eyes wide, and then says, How should I bloody know? I don't live here, do I? No, but I thought you know, since they speak English here and have a lot of British expatriates, you might know a thing or two about it. Well, I bloody don't. Yes, they have a lot of expats down here, but I've never been one of them. No bloody clue, mate. I've travelled around a bit, but not to here. And I don't see another living soul around. As per usual with anything related to Ostium. So... Your guess is as good as mine. What does the great Jake Fisher think about all this? The sarcasm is oozing out like fucking authentic Canadian maple syrup. I'm going to give the guy some space. You know, I say, let me think about all this for a bit. Need some physical as well as mental space. Fine, mate. Take all the time you need. I need to sift through my mangled thoughts, too. I step away out of earshot. Dave seems to be going through something. I don't know what. We've been through a lot of shit in the last 24 hours. Him just as much as me, according to his wild ride of a story. He saw that... Crone? I don't know what to call her or it, so I'll stick with Crone for now. It was definitely female, but also definitely not human. I suppose it will be more accurate to say that it had the outward appearance, the visible features of a woman. But that was as far as it went. So Dave can have some private time to try and process all this. Being where we are now and all that. And it gives me some time to process all this too. I really need to think about everything that's happened and try to digest it in some way. All the shit that happened to me when the blackness got me. I don't know what the fuck it all was. I don't think I'm ever going to really know. It was some sort of messed up journey. A pilgrimage maybe? No, that implies spirituality, and I didn't feel anything spiritual going on there. It just, it just happened, whatever the fuck it all was. And after that, there was Roanoke, again, somehow, and Dave there, again, somehow. I suppose I should address my, uh, what should we call them, changes? Upgrades, improvements, enhancements. I sound like a goddamn transformer. Or a version of Windows. Don't worry, like Windows, I still have plenty of problems to deal with on my own. I just hope I don't start crashing all the time. Blue screen of death and all that. But when I was there in Roanoke, I felt changed somehow. Things were just clearer to me, mentally. It was like I had gotten more of the big picture and it had all started making sense to me now. No, don't ask for details. I can't give you anything concrete. 
just these vague platitudes. But I feel stronger, dare I say, more powerful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I do feel stronger and more able to handle all this, to deal with what Ostium throws at me. So when I knew we were going to have to come face to face with the crone, part of me was like, I've never been this scared, even when I was six and saw that terror vision movie that left some very horrific images in my mind and made every shape in the darkness move and come to life. But another part of me was in the zone of, this is another part of Ostium coming after you, just like the blackness trying to stop you. Will it succeed? Possibly. But you're going to do what you can to fight back. Maybe you'll win. Maybe you'll lose. But if you do, you're going to die trying. The sheer power the crone possessed was overwhelming. It's the best word for it. I'm pretty sure Dave will agree with me on that point. Outgunned and outmaneuvered. An expression they like to use in movies when they get their asses handed to them. Or something like that. Yeah, it was sort of like that. And sort of like living in Australia. Okay, hear me out for a moment. The number of extremely poisonous and venomous and downright scarifying in the sense that you will be killed creatures living on one substantial Australian landmass is astounding. I know, I know. Over 20 million people live there. They walk around. They live in houses. They swim in the warm waters in the ocean. And they don't get killed by any of these pesky, lethal beasties. But I'm just imagining standing on that continent and wondering what might be watching me at every moment waiting to sink its claws or fangs or other sharp venomous protrusions into me. And where the hell was I going with this? The crone. We felt helpless against her, overwhelmed by her powers, whatever they might be. It was her sheer presence, her approaching form, the aura of doom stretched far and wide to us. We needed to find a way out, somehow, or it was all going to be over, like that. We'd just be ripe pickings for her lying there forlorn and helpless, just like she wanted, no doubt. So I used that small part of me, the part that still had hope, to find a way, to come up with a way, to just do something. That small part of me was feeling good about those men I saved, the soldiers, sending them through an ostium I created, a new door to their place of origin, where they wanted to go, and preventing the crone from getting at them. I made that door a reality for them. Therefore, there wasn't any reason I couldn't make it a reality for us, too. I don't know where it actually took them, but I knew I'd made it happen. If I did it once, I could do it again. Yes, it takes focus and concentration and a considerable amount of energy to carry out. I was wiped after doing that one for the men. It had to be big enough for them to fit through and last long enough for all of them, which is why I pretty much just passed out afterward for a little while. And that's why I was only able to make a small ostium, a small doorway just big enough for each of us to essentially squeeze through, which I did. And we did make it through. Barely. And that's how we ended up in the warm, sunny climes of the Rock of Gibraltar. Shit, shit, shit. I feel something's happening to me again. And I don't know what the fuck it is. Again. Thank God Jake gave me some time alone. To, to think. To, to try to put the pieces together. 
He's probably doing the same bloody thing right now. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. Keep it together, mate. Let's try and make some sense of this. Let's... Let's try starting at the beginning. Well, not the complete beginning. The beginning of... The current shitstorm. She... No. Not she. There was nothing human about it. I might have thought it was an old woman. A crone. But the way it moved. The way it spoke. The voice. I've never... Well, I've never heard or seen anything like it before. Obviously. I was shitting myself. Not literally. Thank God. But hearing it, knowing it was coming closer, coming for us, and what it might do. Lots of things going through my mind. Very fucking scary things. But but Jake did it, somehow. He got those soldiers out, did the impossible. In that room, I thought that was it. I thought we were done for. I half gave up. No, I did give up, fully and completely. I thought it was the end and soon we were going to be its playthings, shortly to be experiencing new levels and ways of pain. But Jake did it, somehow. He used whatever willpower he had left, dragged me along, and then opened another fucking door, a small one, and got us through. Somehow, just in time, I was waiting for its, its talons to grasp my ankles and pull me back from that opening, that ostium, that door to freedom. But we made it. And now we're here. Gibraltar. Jib. The Rock. I lied to Jake. I have been here before. Once. When I was on holiday on the Costa del Sol. Spent a day taking the hydrofoil across to Tangiers. And a day visiting Jib. This little piece of England. A home away from home. It was nothing special really. Lots of British things. Lots of people speaking English. So, not that different really from Spain. Like I said, nothing special. Nothing that would have helped Jake at all. It's not like I can tell him where certain places are. I went to the shops, had lunch at a pub, and then went back to my hotel across the border. I still feel uncomfortable about it. Guilty. I know. I could easily walk over to him right now and make things kosher. But, what's done is done. And I'm going to leave it at that. So let's talk about the other fox in the hen house. Yes, you heard me right. I'm dealing with more than one at the moment. Fuck me, I know. So the other thing I'm trying to wrap my mind around is... What I'm feeling being back here, in Gibraltar. It's not that I've been here once before, a long time ago. It's that... I'm going through a series of emotions. Being here again. Feelings and thoughts. Strange pictures flickering through my mind. It's all the sort of stuff that would inform a bloke he's back in his old haunts. A place he definitely called home at some point in his life. As far as I know, I've spent a whole, what, four hours here in my entire life? So riddle me this, Batman. Why am I having all these feels when I look down the street we're standing on? Why do I know that the street we're standing on is called Devil's Tower Road? I know, it's an unusual name. But this street looks like any old street. And I can see a sign over there in the distance telling me I know exactly where I am. Why do I feel I've cast my gaze over these buildings lots of times before? So many times that they've become mundane to me. Normal. Why am I casting my gaze up, up to the very top of the rock where I can see a very strange looking building? And I think my brain just turned over in the skull. 
I'm experiencing a very strong sense of deja vu right now. Double deja vu. Because... Because in my mind, I can remember looking up there to the top of that very iconic mountain when I last visited here, and not seeing that strange thing up there. There were some aerial thingies, and that was it. Except, except, seeing that fucking strange-looking building up there feels in tune with everything else I'm looking at around it. It too feels familiar, and comfortable, and correct part of the natural facade here. I turn around in a slow circle, and then feel something else pulling at me, setting off certain synapses in my brain. Jake? Jake! I yell at him. He turns and looks at me. I have a lot of shit going on with me mentally right now. I'm sure you do too. But there's something really fucking weird going on with me. And I need to ask you a favour, mate. I need you to follow me. Keep up, I'm going to be going pretty fast. And then I'm off, chasing a thought that should be a memory for me, but both is and isn't some fucking how, because I can't actually remember experiencing it for the first time. It's... it's a very weird fucking feeling. I just hope I don't go completely bonkers when I find out what it actually is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm following Dave, and I have no clue where we're going. He shouldn't have a clue either, but he's walking like he knows, with determination. I don't know. The guy's walking like he has a plan, and since I've got bupkis, I'm all legs and feet, and I'm following him. It feels weird here. Aforementioned weirdness aside, there's something just off about this place. It's not that it's a totally foreign country to me, because it obviously is. But no, it's something more. This place has a, I don't know, like a future feel to me. Not distant future, but near future. Everything looks clean and shiny and sleek. I know, there's no people here, so that makes sense. But I can't quite put my finger on it. I can see the buildings, I can see the asphalt road I'm walking on, and yet they seem unusual to me, not quite right. I'm looking at this one building I'm walking past. It's got five floors by the look of it, lots of windows, a few balconies, all normal stuff, right? But as I look at it, I'm noticing the edges of the buildings are all rounded. 
When I think of buildings in my head, I picture corners. Four corners to a building. Perfect 90 degree angled sides, not rounded edges going from bottom to top. And the facade of the building, it's not brick. It doesn't look like a concrete outer layer. It doesn't even look like paint, actually. It's a reddish color, like a dark red, and it's shiny, reflective. Almost looks like a plastic polymer, which is just crazy for the outside of a building, right? The windows are dark black, so one way probably, but they look too black. Not dark like the fancy windows people have in their cars. They, they don't really look like glass. Is that even possible? As for the road, I said asphalt, but I don't know what in the hell it's made of. It's a gray color, pretty light. It's also sort of springy. With each step, I can feel it push down a little with my weight, then lift up as I raise my foot. So what, rubber? Chewing gum roads? And before me, I can now see water. Not that weird, right? When I picture Gibraltar in my head, it's a little like San Francisco, a promontory of land sticking out into the waters of, in this case, the Mediterranean. But I know enough basic geography, at least when it comes to the Iberian Peninsula. <laughs> Guess those many hours of geoguesser finally paid off or something, right? Emphatic wink wink. To know that the mountain of Gibraltar, the pillar of Hercules, is sort of on the outer edge of the town or colony or whatever it is. All the buildings and people pretty much live on the side facing Spain, so to speak. Meaning the direction we're headed in is towards the border, towards the mainland. Meaning there should be water surrounding the mountain and town, but where we're headed should be nothing but land. I think there's even supposed to be an airport somewhere near here, along with a border crossing, and that's not what I'm seeing. Dave's face is telling me he thinks something's not right in the state of Gibraltar as well. Okay, we're at the water's edge now, and yeah, it's definitely not right. Where there should be land, there's water, and I'm not just talking a little, like a stream or even a river in between. No, the land belonging to the considerably sized country known as Spain is nowhere to be found. I'm looking all around the horizon where I see water and there's absolutely no sign of land anywhere. Okay, now I'm starting to get scared. What the fuck's going on here, Dave? He turns to me, bewilderment is plain on his face as if it were a pie I'd just thrown at him. Yeah, I know, that's a pretty bad metaphor, but it's because I'm kind of freaking out right now. It's... it's a bloody island! What? It's a bloody island, mate. You know, bit of land with water all around it. I know what a fucking island is, mate. But last time I checked, Gibraltar was very much not an island and very firmly attached to the big and very unmissable country of España. Dave just stares at me. Doesn't say anything. Then he sort of shrugs his shoulders and turns back to the water. It's a very smart move because I'm getting more pissed off as time passes. It's how I'm dealing with the situation, apparently. If he kept talking, I might have punched him. And the last time I did something like that, I don't know, middle school? Very long time ago. But Dave turning around immediately diffuses the situation. I'm confronted by all that water again, and it shuts me the hell up, almost as if I just went and doused my head in it. There's also proof that Gibraltar didn't just decide to separate itself from mainland Spain for some reason, or... Like a really bad earthquake caused it to happen somehow. In front of us is a wooden dock, 
solidly built, about 30 feet long. They're stanchions. Looks like a space for one big boat or a couple small ones. But its presence is very permanent. This dock has been here a while, which means Gibraltar has been in this way for some time. And that's when there's this loud, distant booming sound that echoes off the rock of Gibraltar for a long time. Dave and I spin around and face the rock, the town, and the buildings laid out before us. It was deep and echoing, but unlike anything I've really heard before, I have no clue what it is. I'm searching the skyline just above the buildings for a cloud of anything. Smoke, dust, a radioactive cloud. Sorry, that last one was in poor taste. What the bloody hell was that? Uh, I don't know, man. I've never heard anything like it. You? No, mate. I'm looking for any signs of it. Smoke or something, but I can't see anything. Can you? Looks all clear to me. Bloody scary, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm glad we haven't made a really dumb decision to split up yet. Hearing that on my own would have... It would have been bad. Do you want to go separate ways, then? No, no. Um, I was just saying it was really fucking scary hearing that, and I'm, I'm really glad you're here with me. Dave raises his hand and offers a fist bump. I complete it, not wanting to leave the guy hanging. It helps break the mood. You know what? What? I'm bloody famished. You know, now that you mention it, I could totally go for some grub about now. Know any good places in town? He gives me a look, questioning whether I'm being serious or not. I give a slight shake of the head, and he starts smiling again. Not a bloody clue, but it can't hurt to have a look now, can it? Lead the way. Your guess is as good as mine. We both take one last look at the deep waters before us, then start walking back into town. I don't really know if I have a poker face, but when I got to the water's edge, I wasn't as surprised as I should have been. I put on a performance for Jake, and I think he believed me. The double deja vu sense isn't going away, not at all. If anything, it's getting stronger. It's making me come to terms with the fact that I just have to accept. <sighs> all the evidence is pointing towards it. I've been here before, in this Gibraltar, this other Jib. I know it's not the one I visited lots of years ago. It's different. Feels more modern. Might even say futuristic. And since we got here via a device that's known for traveling through time, it really shouldn't be that surprising, should it? It's still bloody disconcerting, though. Coming to grips with me being here before, but still not able to remember under what circumstances. I suppose I just have to trust that my mind will unfurl all those memories eventually. They keep coming to me in bits and pieces, random images, no people in them, yet. I'm hoping that will change. The sooner the better. Remembering a specific someone being here will do wonders for the cognitive recall. For now, I'll just keep muddling along. We've been walking for quite a while now, not really saying anything to each other, 
I think Jake is still working on taking all this in. It's a big deal for him. For me too, obviously, but especially for him. He had his heart set on Ostium, completely and utterly. He probably thought he was going to live out his days there. And now all that's gone. I wonder if he's thought about it yet. You know, the fact that he might never be going back there. He could do his fancy magic and make a door back there, possibly. I don't know. It took a hell of a lot of mojo to get the door to here. It's not an easy thing, obviously. Probably bloody hard to get the door to go exactly where you want it to go. And when, too. So that might be it for Jake and Ostium, then. Big bloody deal, that. I actually really hope he hasn't considered it yet. It's going to start him on a downward spiral. Definitely. Oh, look. Here's a big building. One story. Looks pretty promising. Oi, Jake. I've got a feeling about this one. I point to where I mean, and the smile that lights up his face is like a burst of fresh sunshine after some English rain. Does wonders for the Constitution. at the door and I do the honors. I feel like it's my duty or something. There's a handle which I turn, but nothing moves. I pull and feel a little give, so I give it a yank. With a hermetically sealed whoosh, the door opens and we go in. Nice job, Dave. Hole in one. It's a big room with lots of tables and chairs. They all look to be some sort of white plastic, but glossy. Everything looks shiny and clean. Not a scratch or speck of dust in sight. Hey, Dave. Notice anything weird about this place? Dave's looking around, trying to figure out what I'm getting at. Um, not really. Give us a clue? The lights are on, but nobody's home. Oh my god, you're bloody right! I didn't catch it right away, so when I did, it made me take a deep breath. The lights are all on, giving us the full view of the room. There's a long counter, and behind it a door that presumably leads to the kitchen. I can hear humming coming from that direction. Sounds like everything's up and running and kosher. I can hear the fridges and freezers singing their chilly symphony in the kitchen. <laughs> That's pretty good, Dave. I like that. Uh, Garcon, could I see a menu, please? No, <laughs> uh, no, monsieur. That will not be necessary. You will take a seat. Tout sweet, s'il vous plaît. And shall I prepare the chef's special, which will be the most exquisite meal you have ever tasted? <laughs> Be snappy about it, kid. Giggling to himself, Dave disappears into the kitchen. I walk slowly around the room, trying to spot anything I might have missed on our first entering. Doesn't look like it. Everything seems pristine and well-kept. Impeccable is a word that comes to mind. I head behind the counter and start looking through cabinets above and below. I soon find the glasses, though cups is a more accurate description. Long and tall and made of something that isn't glass, but also isn't just plastic something else completely. Now I'm on the hunt for a beverage. I'm sure I could find a faucet and get some water, but this place seems to be of a high caliber, so I'm hoping to score big. After opening many doors, I find a number of drinks and refrigerators, though nothing's labeled, which I think is a little weird. I grab a bottle, like the cup, it's not glass or plastic, and study the top, trying to figure out how to open it. 
I try a clockwise and counterclockwise twist. The latter does the trick and there's a hiss of escaping carbonation. Oh, baby. I grab another for Dave as well as a cup. Then I look for an icebox. Doesn't take long and I'm shocked to find it well stocked. Score. I choose a table in the center of the room and pour our drinks. I sit and get comfortable. I take a sip, feeling the bubbles go up my nose and make my eyes water. It's heavenly. It's some sort of cola, like the cup and bottle It's in between. Not Coca-Cola, but not Pepsi either. But it tastes fucking great. I take a long second drink, knowing there's lots more where this came from. That's when Dave comes through the kitchen door with two plates of steaming hot food. The smell quickly pervades the room, and my stomach immediately starts making some very audible noises. He puts the plates down, and I stare in head-over-heels love at big steaks, boiled potatoes, and... Is that broccoli? It looks a vibrant green and incredibly fresh. Dave is back again with silverware. We sit down to eat, both grabbing our drinks and toasting. Welcome to Gibraltar. Then we start eating. I attack the broccoli first, and it's as juicy and delicious as it looks. The potatoes are soft and already have salt and pepper. The steak is medium rare and just wonderful. As I savor each bite, I notice Dave's steak is well done. (laughs) He is British after all. I'm all full up. That meal was just an absolute joy. Definitely the best thing I've eaten in... God knows. Probably my entire bloody life. I knew Jake would want his meat rare and bloody. Me, I like mine cooked all the way through. Call me old-fashioned. I'm cleaning up now. I insisted Jake stay in his seat. Told him I'd see if I could come up with some sort of dessert. I had to tell him I was on the hunt for some spotted dick. Couldn't avoid that one, could I? And Jake knew what I meant. Had a right laugh about it, bless him. I didn't tell Jake about the packaging the meat was in. It had a, well, not really a sell-by, but more of an eat-by date. It said the 14th of January, and the year was... 2105. I know. I couldn't fucking believe it when I saw it. I was right, though. This place is in the future. A lot farther than I thought. I don't know about telling Jake. If I should. When I should. It's a lot to take in. No, I will tell him. Just not yet. After the meal's all done. So, it's while I'm cleaning things up that I find the rubbish bin. To throw away the packaging and other bits. It's in a logical spot, so it doesn't take me long to find. I open it. Glance into it. Then drop what's in my hands. I start walking away, and like a cliché cartoon character, I stop. I slowly walk back to the bin and open it up again. I take out each piece of rubbish I threw in. It's the two of us, so not a lot. I know what each piece is. It all comes out. Then I look back in the rubbish bin. At the bottom is more packaging and some other rubbish. I take it out. It's packaging for chicken. And for vegetables. And at the very bottom is an empty bottle of wine. I have a sniff, then turn it over. A few drops come out. Someone's been here. Recently.
Hey everyone, Alex Italander here. Every day now there's something on the news about climate change. Whether it's big corporations, small towns, entire countries, or indigenous groups affected, it's across the entire globe and we're all involved. But there are times where it feels there's only so little we can do. We recycle as much as we can, we pay attention to where we shop and buy what we need, but ultimately we end up feeling pretty helpless. Arcadia Power is a place where you can make a difference. If you sign up for Arcadia Power, you can feel good knowing that 100% of the energy being supplied to your home, whether you rent or own, is being supplied by clean, renewable sources. I was using PG&E before and thought it was going to be a hassle to switch. It wasn't. It was so easy. I even got to pick what type of renewable energy I wanted. I went with wind power, and each month I get to see a graph with a breakdown of my renewable energy usage and my clean impact. All the information you need is at arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. I know it's not a lot, but I will fully admit I feel a little better about myself now, knowing I'm doing what I can to help fight climate change. And now you can too, just by signing up. Plus, you'll be helping support this show too. So, win-win. Just head on over to arcadiapower.com slash ostium-podcast. This episode was written and produced by Alex C. Talander. The voice of Jake is performed by Chris Fletcher. The voice of Dave is performed by Alex C. Talander. Sound effects are courtesy of the wonderful people at freesound.org. The music featured in this episode, all from the Free Music Archive, is A Garden and a Library, Multitudes, Thinking of You, All by Gillicuddy, European Starling, Sandhill Crane, Red Winged Blackbird, All by Chad Crouch. Did you know there are many ways you can help support Ostium? You can tell a friend about the show, or talk about Ostium on social media. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and let us know, and we'll send you a free sticker as a thank you. And if you really want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast, where you'll get access to a whole bunch of bonus content, like outtakes, the Ostium files, and even early access to new episodes. So check it out at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.